my name is Lisa Warren. I am Regional Marketing Manager for EMEA APAC and Australia and I'm based here in um, Dubai. And I'm joined here today by Tim Chambers, who is Senior Cyber Security Manager in Dubai as well. Hi Tim. Hi Lisa. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How's yeah? everything going? Everything is good, thank you so much. So uh, would you like to just introduce yourself and where you are, uh, what you do in the company? Sure. So uh, I'm a senior cybersecurity manager um, deal with the cybersecurity operations for the region. That would be the MEA region, Middle East and Africa. So what that kind of consists on on a day to day basis would be the business as usual cybersecurity mm -hmm. operations. So remediating if there are any events, making sure that we respond to those incidents as required okay. and making sure that we take part in the continual improvement and the cybersecurity journey for our clients. OK, cool. So we're going to discuss today about critical infrastructure, right? So I suppose, what is critical infrastructure? So critical infrastructure, when we talk about from cybersecurity perspective, would be the, the hospitals, the power plants, things like the colonial pipelines, so huge uh, oil pipelines, gas pipelines, the, the infrastructure that realistically we couldn't live without in the one world. Okay, okay, okay. So I suppose, Another thing is uh, what you want to. Uh, what I think what you want to talk about is the risk factor with critical and the breaches as well, and the motivation from threat actors. Yes. Yeah, so one of the the most important and one of the most interesting things actually is when we talk about breaches, when we talk about cybersecurity incidents across the globe, what we find more often than not is there's a financial reason. It's mm -hmm. uh, We see large financial in institutions being affected. We see very successful businesses being hit by ransomware. And nine times out of 10, the motivator is money. We see people looking after mm -hmm. what they can get. Whereas when it comes to critical infrastructure, there is of course the monetary factor, we can't ignore that, but there's something slightly more sinister at play. And that is what the the real world impact can be of these digital systems being taken down. So for example, with the colonial pipeline breach that we saw a couple of years ago, uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of parts of America weren't able to get the get oil delivered. Uh, we saw an impact on gas prices and this was just a very small microcosm of what we may see if larger swathes of infrastructure are affected in a similar way. Okay, okay. Um Again, just looking at the, I suppose, the public-private partnerships and uh, critical infrastructure protection as well. Do you want to mention that? So this is, and actually this is a great way to tangent into the breach of the NHS in the UK way back, mm. uh, I think it was 2017 on the WannaCry attack. Yeah. So what we saw there, obviously, as we know, the National Health Service in the UK is publicly owned, mm -hmm. but we do see a large number of private companies. A lot of the IT companies were privately owned mm -hmm. and they were realistically responsible for the critical infrastructure and the security of that. So what we're seeing here with that public-private divide is these are what we would consider public parts of the infrastructure that are partially privately owned, privately operated. And where does the general public sit when we mm -hmm. start seeing these attacks, when we start seeing these these uh, nation states coming in and really trying to damage the infrastructure. Where do the public need to know about okay. such incidents? Where can they be expected to play a role in this defense? You know, whether that be uh, pay a part in the funding of yeah. private companies such as Security HQ, if we have to come in, do the public foot the bill? Do okay. private companies have to foot the bill? Does the government foot the bill? Mm -hmm. This is a lot of things that we realistically don't fully know. 
Okay. And we are entering a phase now where we're going to find out in the next couple of years. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to be very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And that's where this public-private divide is causing a bit of a schism between these yeah. two areas. Okay. Okay. Um, again, so I suppose what is the outlook of critical infrastructure so moving forward? To talk about the outlook, to talk about yeah. the future, yeah. it's always good to talk about the past. Yeah, as we know. <laughs> um, so I think what put critical infrastructure on the map in many ways was the Stuxnet worm, which we saw oh, way back okay. in 2010. Yeah. Now, this was a computer worm, um, and the prim- primary focus of this was Iran's nuclear program. Okay. The, the worm itself was designed to target the uh, programmable logic controllers, or PLCs, so realistically very, very heavy uh, manufacturing and infrastructure pieces, not mm-hmm. really computers like the laptops in here, not the kind of computers we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Now, this did result in physical damage to the uh, the nuclear facilities, which set back the uh, set back the nuclear program. Mm-hmm. And this kind of you know maybe almost 15 years ago, put these kind of attacks on the map. And then mm-hmm. we see this spread through to the NHS, through to Colonial Pipeline. Now, what this has led to is people realizing that there's more than just money at stake here. There yeah. is the physical security of people and entire countries at risk here. Okay. And when we start seeing the increased digitization of our infrastructure, smart hospitals, we start seeing electric vehicle chargers all over the globe, especially mm. in Europe and the UK. That's where we start to see, could this be used for something even more damaging? Could we see mass denial of services across uh, electric grids? Okay. And that's something we have to look out for. For now, the most actionable thing that can be done is to modernize the okay. critical infrastructure environments because there, there's only so much cybersecurity that can be done for technology stacks that weren't designed to ever be secure. So all we can do is modernize. Okay. And I would say in the next three to five years, there is a very serious need to have a dedicated cybersecurity team, include yeah. cybersecurity in all elements of board and risk planning. Okay. And then from there, the future will tell us even further what, what is held. What do you think needs to be done to mitigate such risks? So I'd say there's three key areas that need to be looked at. Mm-hmm. The first, and this is something that we have seen in the last kind of four to five years, and that is the position of Chief Information Security Officer. Okay. Now, of course, that will come with its own internal politics. Um, we know we've always had a Chief Information Security Officer or a Chief Technology Officer. Okay. The part of a CISO has to be on any board, and yeah. any C-level executives. Now, how that operates in a reporting function, it's up to individual businesses to decide, but it is vitally important that we have that position occupied. Mm-hmm. The second area is risk management. Yeah. Now, businesses have had a, a risk management board or a risk officer for, for decades now, but cybersecurity has to come into play and has to be a part of the risk management process, whether that be looking at what the risks of a major breach are, what the risks of physical breaches are into you know physical security. Yeah. That's something that has to be taken into account. And we have to see the implementation of cybersecurity kind of intertwining mm, with okay. regular business operations and how we see that as standard practice. Mm-hmm. The third one is probably the the most difficult to, under, uh, to kind of implement, and that is the funding. We, de- yeah. we have to get to a point where we see departments being funded well. Mm-hmm. We have to see cybersecurity departments in businesses having the correct staffing, the correct tools to allow them and enable them to do their job. If this isn't taken seriously, it will be taken seriously when we see something catastrophic happen. Absolutely. Or yeah. it will be taken seriously 
because people have heeded warnings that industry insiders and industry experts have put together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Tim, for your time today. Um, so if you want to learn more and join us again, we are SHQ Underground. And again, I'd like to say thanks to Tim, who is our senior cybersecurity manager here in Dubai. And he wants to share more information. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, for marketing at marketing at securityhq.com or for sales at sales at securityhq.com. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.